2011, when I blew up my, well, actually I blew up my knee in 2009, I didn't have insurance, so I had to wait to get it fixed. Oh, shoot. But I, during that time I had a job, I ended up losing that job, uh, the only job I've ever lost in my life. And I became a stay at home dad with our first kid in 2012. And I got to tell you, someone who was raised by his mom, who was taught that men work and men provide, that was a tough time for me being a stay at home dad. Yeah. Um, but man, I wouldn't, ch I tell this to my viewership all the time. The things that we go through, you never know what the next step is. You could think it's the worst thing in the world and it turns into the biggest blessing you could possibly yeah. imagine. And staying home with my daughter was life-changing oh. in the most amazing ways. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators who come on and share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I have the loyal patriot. Welcome. Hey, Barry. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Really excited to have you on. Uh, I had Ariana on a while ago, and she uh, she called you at the end of, at the end of the podcast as someone to come on. So that's how we ended up here. Yeah, I called her out for calling me out. <laughs> I let her know. But it's all good. Yeah, she's good people. She absolutely, she's good people. That's what I found with the, you know, I started this podcast really focused on the, the Tarkov community and then eventually got some people in the Daisy space, Ariana, Joito, and, and just, yeah, they're just good people. Joito? Man, I call her Joito. Oh, okay. I see that. She's never corrected me, but I guarantee you're right and I'm right. I'm no, I I'm saying it like with a newfy accent or something like that. So I'm you know I just you know for simplicity I just call her Joe and it's like that works. So I, I have a thing in my stream where I, I really try and focus on my regulars and remembering them. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I say their name right. Whatever I said the first time is just what it sticks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what we normally do on the pod to get things rolling, we do three random questions to get the juices going. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so best thing about where you live? Uh, I have zero neighbors. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. All right, so now you're heading out to your place to eat. Probably it's a far away, far distance. What are you getting? Well, we don't have a lot of choices up here. We live pretty remotely in the UP. Somehow have internet. And... Uh, <laughs> We usually, there's only one restaurant, really. So we go there, and it's usually breakfast food. That's about the only time oh, we eat out. Nice. All right. And favorite thing to do in winter? Snowmobile. Oh, yes. If they, you don't have a snowmobile in the UP, I mean, it's probably not a good choice because you're probably going to get stuck somewhere and need to get out. But it's, it is just, it's like floating on water, man. Oh. It's great. It is, man. So, so I grew up, I'm 50, so I grew up where you could really snowmobile anywhere, where, you know, farms or whatever. Moved here to New England, they've got trails, and you, you really can't go off the beaten path too much. And uh, what I've noticed over the years, the sled design has changed immensely. All sorts of tech has gone into it now. Oh, yeah. And price. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and just like those side-by-sides. I don't know if you call them side-by-sides out there, too. Those things are expensive, too. Yeah, we call them buggies. Oh, okay. I mean, there's some that are thirty, forty thousand dollars now. That is crazy. Fully enclosed, power windows, heat, all that stuff. <laughs> that I mean, most people use that as their transportation yep. up here, so they really invest into them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, who's the loyal patriot? Before you found that go live button or created YouTube content, you know what's what's your background? I mean, I'm just a simple dude. You know, I I grew up in kind of a hillbilly town and. Went to school and 
played college basketball and got a job and blew out my knee. Oh, needed no. something to do, so I started making YouTube videos of uh, Call of Duty. Oh, very cool. All right. So now from a hoop standpoint, do you still follow follow college or NBA or anything like that? I follow college. NBA, man, I used to watch every single Pistons game, but I just kind of lost interest over the last few years. Yeah. That's when I, I discovered. So, you know, again, East Coast of Canada, you, you really don't have a whole lot of different channels to choose from. But I grew up with the, you know, the era of the Bulls and the Pistons. Man, those were the good, those were good playoff years. That was a little before my time, but I've seen all the videos. Man, you know, playoffs, nobody got a free layup. You got hit, you went to go drive for a layup or a dunk, you got put down, and it was just, yeah, those are those are good games. You gotta love the bad boys. Oh, dude. Yeah, you know, we ended up getting Rodman for you get from you guys years later, but you know, John Sally was fantastic. Uh Mahorn, never a Lambeer guy. I, just could not like him and same with nobody's Zeke. a lambier guy <laughs> yes but yeah and and yeah no it was uh so it was good and chuck daly freaking legend absolutely yep actually we gave you guys i'm from connecticut from uconn we gave you guys uh rip helm i think rip right rip yeah, i love rip man yeah made a career off a of 15 footer yep absolutely all right. So now from a video game standpoint you know what you know growing up what uh you know when did video gaming start for you I went to a buddy's house when I was, well, I mean, I've been playing since Nintendo. So I was born in 85, and I think we got our first Nintendo sometime in the early, mid-90s. Yeah. I played a lot of that, a lot of Mario. Yeah. Could not get enough of Mario, but I went to a buddy's house. He had a Nintendo 64. We played Ocarina of Time, and that was it. I saved all my lawnmower money, and I was like, I'm getting an N64, and I did, and I played Ocarina of Time more than you can imagine. Man, I've heard so many people that have come on have talked so much about that game just as one of their favorite of all times. And I think, you know, N64, for when I was growing up, I missed that window from, like, you know, whether it was sports or in between something in my life. I just, the N64 era, I just it skipped over me. But I've heard so many people love that game. It just lets you roam around. It was one of the first times I got to do that. It was insane. And now, when did you jump into PC gaming? Well, I started doing YouTube videos. I just made kind of like put Metallica in the background, you know, blowing up people with RPGs. I yeah. had a series called Camper Meets RPG. I don't know if you've heard of Sandy Ravage. No. Legendary Call of Duty guy. Uh, he had Booster Justice, where back in the day, these cheaters, he would blow them up with RPGs. But yeah. We kind of had our own little series going. And then uh, I made my first commentary in 2011. And people couldn't stop talking about the way I sounded, even though I don't get where all the fuss is. Oh my Lord. And so I started doing commentaries and then a little while later I got into PC gaming with Daisy. Oh shoot. Okay. Now much of adjustment to go from, you know, console controller to, to, you know, mouse and keyboard. I mean, back in the day, you know, I'm getting to that age where I got to say back in the day, <laughs> your boy, your boy was good on the sticks, but yeah, getting yeah. over to the Daisy is actually a pretty good transition game for keyboard yeah. and mouse. Ah, okay. And now, what, you know, so I guess, so creating content for YouTube was first. When did you, you know, hit that go live button for the first time? So that was 2014. Okay. And YouTube was starting to make some changes, uh, starting to do a lot of DMCA stuff, which when all of your videos have Metallica and ACDC, basically every video I had got demonetized and uh, so I, I started, people started telling me about live streaming. I was like, man, that sounds weird. <laughs> so I tried in at first, I didn't use a microphone or anything. I just played Call of Duty. 
Yeah. Uh, and then eventually I did a face cam and a microphone and got into Daisy and man, nine years later, you know, shoot. Yeah. And, and Metallica are definitely not a fan of anybody using their music. Not back in the day, that's for sure. No, absolutely not. And now, you know, back then when you're making your YouTube clips, did, did, you know, was that your first time doing any editing or did you have any oh, experience? Yeah. Okay. I'm so, I was so far removed from, I like to call it the nerd world. Yeah. Because I was, you know, just a jock my whole life. I mean, I yeah. loved video games, but I spent most of my time outside and playing sports. Okay. So when I got into editing, I got a, a Dazzle capture card. <laughs> oh, man. The, yeah. The Dazzle from Best Buy was my first capture card. Oh, and man, shoot. when I got my first HD PVR, and I could do it in 720. Yeah. Woo, man, that was world. That was world stuff, man. <laughs> awesome. Hey, speaking of nerds, so I actually found you have a YouTube channel called Nerd Farm. I thought that was your first YouTube stuff. So what's Nerd Farm? So our nerd farm is an absolute dead channel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, an attempt to at doing the IRL stuff, doing vlogs. I really enjoy the making the videos and yep. the editing them and adding music and stuff like that. But I didn't really like recording them because I felt that I was always behind my phone. Yeah. Or family events and stuff like that. And yeah. So we, I kind of got away from that. I, I will absolutely hear it from my community on that because they don't like that I don't do those anymore. Oh, okay. But yeah. There, I actually started doing some sh shorter things on a patreon i call them mini vlogs so we yeah. kind of do that over there now but yeah the the our nerd farm sadly has been put to rest so now back in the early days when you're making your youtube content you know what's you know did you find that you had you you found the the trick to get videos to catch the, the algorithm or was it just a lot of trial and error honestly man i've been winging it for nine years <laughs> i have no idea i i know search engine optimization i know all that stuff but i don't really do it i just yep. kind of i just kind of put it out there and if people enjoyed you know we're, we kind of have a kind of a niche community where you either like us or you don't yeah you know we're just a bunch of goofballs over there and i just keep it nice and chill and we just uh we just kind of wing it i've been doing it for nine years and it works you know yeah Oh man. So those first few years of, of, you know, streaming live, that must've been like the wild west, but you know, we're talking nine, you know, seven years ago, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed a lot. The, the, the moderation of content and what is allowed, what isn't allowed yeah. and, and people not really just staying true to themselves. Obviously there's lots of people that do, but yeah. kind of just forming their content around rules to get the most clicks. I yeah. just have never really been about that life. Yeah, going for like the shock or the, you know, like, oh my God, the overacting type thing. Yeah, and the clickbaits. And hey, man, that's cool for those people. No judgment yeah. for me. I just, that's just not my life. Yep, absolutely. And now over the years, have you seen chat, you know, sort of, you know, grow along with you or just chat, you know, different stages of chat over the years, like different groups of people come along and, and you know, others shift out? So I still have a handful of day one subs from 2014. That wow. have not missed a month. I believe around 107 months now. That is fantastic. And uh, I have viewers. I mean, we have the amount of resubs we have over 80 months is insane. I yeah. don't know why I've been blessed to hold on to these people for so long, but it's been pretty fun. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so cool. And now you started with Daisy. Did you, you know, have you stayed with Daisy or sprinkling other games over the years? So I was pretty much full time Daisy. Uh, from 2015-ish all the way through probably 2018. Yeah. And uh, a lot of other Daisy streamers had kind of bailed, and we were kind of, you know, at the top most days. And uh, it got to a point, man, the development of Daisy 
I just couldn't take it anymore. So we started adding in variety and we kind of faded away from the Daisy community, but we still, we still, I'd say a couple streams a week. We still do Daisy. Yeah. Okay. And now was it, was it a tough, uh, you know, adjustment going from your, you know, maining a game to start bringing in variety? Did you see a change in, in viewers or anything like that? Oh yeah. I mean, like everybody, if you pigeonhole yourself to one game and then try and break away from it, people don't like change. A yeah. lot of people don't. And uh, so, it, yeah, I mean, it's the stream number traffic wise has never really been the same since I got away from full-time Daisy, but the community has done nothing but grown. Oh, the good. core community. Yeah. It seems like in the last few years, Daisy has almost taken another resurgence, it seems. You can thank the modders for that one. Yeah. The modding community has has absolutely I don't want to say saved Daisy. I don't want to diminish what the developers do, but the modding community has brought new life to Daisy and brought a lot of the content that just a small studio couldn't bring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually so I've been playing Tarkov. That's how I started up on this whole thing a few years ago. And uh last summer Tarkov hit a, a lull and I ended up you know, playing some Daisy because I had Ariana on and she just talked about this wonderful game. That game sat in my Steam library for years. I didn't fire it up, but when I did, it's a, what a great game that thing is. It's one of the most unique games I've ever played because it allows for content creation. Yeah. It gives you content and you can create content with it and you just never know what kind of session you're going to have. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. And now, you know, over the years, what's been some of the hardest things about, you know, hitting that go live button every day? You know, I'm going to be honest. I, you know, I've been doing this a while, obviously, and I, I'm not big on social media, but I, I follow enough people. And, and it seems like a lot. You see people struggling to go live, talking about being burnt out. Yeah. Uh, talking about struggling to create content. I'm going to be honest, man. I just don't have that. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know if it's just because I've, you know, I've just been blessed with such a good community that I'm yeah. just always excited to go live. But when I don't really heavily rely on the gaming content yep. and I rely heavily on the community, it's pretty easy to go live every day. Oh, that's good to hear. That's refreshing. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. So many people, they hit that burnout or if it's just, you know, the, the yeah, like having to be on every day. But yeah, that's great. See, I don't really have an on yeah <laughs> it's just, just me you. you know i just i just hit go live and i just talk to people yeah we like oh. to call we like to call our our stream an interactive podcast the yeah. game is just kind of in the background yeah and that's you know that's interesting because i think you know something about the the career that you do being a content you know being a content creator and streaming often you know a lot of content creators are just they're on and it's really there's no real interactions you know they're reading chat but that human to human contact is there i think if they don't have a lot of interaction with chat it you know that that's mentally draining on people it when you have a very interactive community an active community then the bad gaming days don't really matter yeah yeah it's not about the game and and everybody's different some streamers yeah. love not having that community feel and they just want to play and that's cool, but I think that's part of what leads to burnouts because yeah. games just get stale when you're putting eight hours in a day. Yeah. Um, but if you know when you have such a great community surrounding you, it's just it's fun pretty much every day. It doesn't yeah. mean that you don't have days where you're like, man, the traffic has been kind of terrible lately. But you just you're able to focus on the community, and man, you can just really lift each other up. Yeah. And then the first time you hit the go live button, and you had like strangers come in. What was you know that's 
you know, that's definitely a different thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much, I was the people who I talk to now who ask me what I do for a living, and heaven forbid they ask me to go into detail, and I have to tell them <laughs> what I do. I'm, I'm 6'6", 275 pounds with a big old beard. Yeah. I'm not your stereotypical gamer. And having to explain what I do to people, I start telling them I'm an online entertainer, male yeah. entertainer, just so they stop asking me questions. <laughs> But it's it was weird, man. It's, it's it's still weird. Like I think to myself, people from all over the world. I have a tiny little stream, but people from all over the world watch. People have me on in their earpods. People yeah. have me on at work. People have me on their TVs in their shops. They, it's it's humbling. It is yeah. so incredibly humbling that people use me and our community to fill their days. It's just really awesome. It is amazing, isn't it? You know, here the technology that we have today to be able to, like you said, reach out to. Everybody in the world is just, it's so cool. Well, why watch, and this isn't a shot at Hollywood, even though I can't stand Hollywood. Why watch celebrities and, and, and these shows, these, these pre-made shows when you can just hang out with everyday people yep. every day. Yeah. And interact with them. Yeah. I mean, as much or as little as you want. Yeah. And, that, you know, since you've been doing this for so many years, you know, I've got to think that, you know, the relationships that you have with your community are just like friendships, you know, IRL friendships are even better. You know, I'm, I've always been a really, really private guy. Yeah. And I've always shared what I want to share. But the amount that I know about my viewers is not something I ever saw happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have people reach out to me with praises, with struggles, with yeah. trials. They have questions. They... Sometimes I say that I'm I'm a uh, part-time psychologist, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. part-time therapist, you know, uh, and I, I love it. I love that people trust that they can reach out to me and ask me questions or look for my insight. And it's, it's I mean, it's the truest thing of community you can yeah. imagine. Well, you, you're like, you know, you're like that local bartender in that local pub, you know, you come in. <laughs> Pretty you much, just, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's what it is. That's so cool. And they hear me ramble all day, so it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, over the years, what have been some of the highlights that stick out for you? Like, wow, that was a cool thing, or you know, or or somebody reached out to you and you say, yeah, you know, you really helped me on this because you know that's just yeah. Honestly, it's corny, but I, I mean, I, I don't know any of these questions beforehand, so I'm kind of winging it still. But I would say the highlights are when someone reaches out and say that they laughed. Yeah, because I help them laugh or I always say, I don't care if you're laughing at me or with me, as long as you laugh and then you're not thinking about whatever else is yep. going on in your day. Mm -hmm. So the highlights are definitely the messages that I get. And <clears throat> it's it's easy to say, hey, I did a great job making them laugh, but I just got to give you know praise to God that he has given me this opportunity to hopefully make people laugh, hopefully make people forget about yep. those things. But as far as like the industry goes. Definitely having companies reach out to me back in kind of the, the max viewership days yeah. and flying me out to California to check out New World. Oh, shoot. Or flying me out to PAX East and uh, representing Lenovo and things like that. It just, if you get into a limo and you feel really cool, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm just this big old redneck getting into a limo and it's just like the coolest thing ever. Nice. I took my first Uber because of this job and my last <laughs> Uber. I don't ever want to do that again. That was terrible. I don't know how people do that every day. But. Uh. Shoot. It's been it's given me life experiences that I never even considered even trying. Yeah, excellent. And you know the other thing is you know like you, you're talking about people uh, making them laugh. It's you know when they whatever situation they're in they're able to you know 
sort of disconnect, connect into you and just sort of escape from what, you know, the crap that's going around them. So it's, you know, what, you know, what you guys do and the communities you build is just, I think it's uh, remarkable. At the end of the day, it's not my responsibility to take care of any of my viewers and it's not their responsibility to take care of me. It's not their responsibility to pay my bills. It's not their responsibility to sub to me. There is no, you have to do this. But yeah. the fact that we willfully engage like that, it's, it's, it's really special. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And now if, if anybody's thinking about, you know, making YouTube content or hitting that go live button, you know, any advice from somebody who's been doing it for, for this long? Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I get this a lot. I've gotten this a lot over the time I've been yeah. here. And, and there's lots of tips and tricks videos out there, but, I just tell people the same thing. If you want to get into this to make money, there's way better career options. Yeah. The, the fail, I, I don't want to use failure, but the failure rate of streams is, I mean, it's astronomical. It's one of the most difficult industries to make a steady income in. And it's, it's new and yeah. still, you know, it's still very new and uh, it's, it's a risk. So don't quit your day job. If you really think that you can enjoy it, it's just super corny, but just start yeah. and have good. I always tell people have good audio. You got to have good audio and you can kind of work up from there. Do the best you can to whatever, whatever you got, but try and have good audio and then just start and have zero expectations because this industry owes you absolutely nothing. You could be the best content creator in the world. And this, this, this whole entire industry owes you nothing. It's, you see people where you think, oh, their content's not that good, but man, they pull out of traffic. It's good to somebody. Yep. Everybody's content is good to somebody. Sometimes you just got to get luck of the draw or put in the effort. You get it what you get out, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you don't get out anything, even though you put in everything. <laughs> so you just, to me, zero expectations and you just got to have fun with it. And if it starts to snowball, then run with it. Yeah. Excellent advice. And now something I, you know, I didn't even think about, you know, when I started, you know, talking to, to the content creators is something you guys, you have to, you know, build in. And especially for somebody who's been around as long as you is, you know, vacation, mental health, you know, just sick days, vacation days. You know, that's not, that's not, you know, incorporated into. You have to balance that out with what you do. Yeah, I mean, I I know there's companies out there that you can hire and they'll, they'll help you with sick days and things like that. But I've, I've just been on my own pretty much the whole time. And it's, I don't do the mental health day thing. Yeah. I, I'm just from a different generation. I think I, it just, I'm not saying they're not important. I just, I'm more of a, just kind of keep plowing ahead kind yeah. of person, but um, I don't really do the mental health day thing, but balancing knowing that when you take a vacation it is going to cost you twice as much as what the vacation costs you because you have no income while you're gone yeah it's probably the more difficult thing and honestly i was really bad about that for the first probably up until maybe the last year or so i've actually started taking time off yeah with the family and just kind of accepting that loss of income and realizing that it's almost never as bad as what i think it is and it almost always recovers after a while yeah, you know, people realize I'm back or whatever, and they come back. You know, people have a very short attention span, like I said. And <laughs> they do if definitely. you're gone, they're watching someone else, and they could be gone. But when I had a mental check on that, just a mental attitude check of, hey, if they find someone that they really enjoy watching, I should be happy about that, not sad about that. Yep. And that really helps you when you might take a break and see a little bit of a dip for a while, just knowing that 
hey man, they might have just found something that they really enjoy, and that's okay. So yeah. I've definitely had to rebalance the amount of time I spend with the family. And I do think that that has cost me some momentum and growth, mm -hmm. but I, I wouldn't change it. Oh, good. And also, you know, you because you've been doing this for long, you have your communities built up around you. So if you do step away for a little bit and you come back, that community is there, you know, will be there for you. Like you said, the numbers may not be where they were, but they'll come back. And that's why I chosen really to focus on community yeah I, I didn't think to myself i'm gonna focus on community so i could take time off and they'll still be there when i come back but it's definitely been a nice bonus uh, we're considering building a new cabin out here oh, and nice. uh i would be building a lot of it myself and i would have to take time off of work and probably six weeks i would be minimum streams and I, you know what i'm not really worried about it because my community will be there and if if not that's okay too as long yeah. as they're doing something else fun yeah and now, looking back over the years, is there something, you know, if you could change one piece of it or a couple of pieces, what would you have done differently? You know, I don't think I would have done anything differently. There's, nice. there's tactics. Yeah. You can look at it from a business point of view. You know, if I would have stayed full-time with Daisy, I probably would be pulling a lot more traffic. But... At the end of the day, man, everything we go through forms us. All the trials and tribulations we go through forms us. You know, my wife said something to me the other day. I don't remember where she heard it, but she said, suffering is inevitable. Misery is optional. Mm -hmm. We're going like to go that. through stuff. You know, your your content creation, I'm not trying to get deep with you, but your content, just keeping it content creation, you're going to go through ups and downs. And man, it's really up to you how you're going to respond to that stuff. So I wouldn't really change anything because it's, it's why I am where I am. It's shaped who you are, yeah. And now you talked a little bit about earlier about, you know, going out to PAX. You know, have you done any Twitch cons or anything like that? You know, it's just not really my scene. <laughs> you know, I'm like out of place. But, yeah, you know, with the, the first one I went to was PAX West in 2017. And I stayed with my boy, Podato, uh, you know, another streamer that I yeah. met. And he actually let me stay in his house. And, man, that's just the tight-knit communities you can get out here. Yeah, And uh, I remember walking through the convention center. We came to this hallway, and I'm like, man, this smells like butt, B.O., and sadness in here. What is going on? <laughs> and there's just beanbags lying in these hallways where everyone was just taking naps. Oh, okay. And I was like, yo, this is just not my scene. I feel like I got to go home and just, you know, just get some fresh air. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, – it, it's, it's fun, man. I'm a nerd at heart, yeah. and it's fun. The conventions are fun, but – I just don't really like being around that many people, you know, yeah. just, it's, it just gets a little too much for me. I'm a country boy and the city stuff just doesn't do well with me, but it was fun to experience. Nice. I'll tell you what, as you get older, you like being around crowds even less. <laughs> well, I'm already <laughs> pretty close to having like my max crowd is five. So I can't do much lower. <laughs> nice. Since you were, you know, creating content before COVID and post COVID, what was the whole COVID experience like for you? Was it much of a change? Because, you know, being up there in, in Northern Michigan, you know, did, did it affect you much? I mean, most of my viewers are adults at work. Yeah. So a lot of them weren't working anymore. So we, we saw a little bit of a dip, but not, not really that much. And I think that's just more of the consistency of our community. Mm -hmm. And uh, me living remotely, it didn't really affect me much at all. You know, so it 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 didn't really change our business. It made me more um, aware of my viewers and what they might be going through. Yeah. It gave me a lot of different perspectives, which is probably one of my favorite things about streaming is 
all the different ex- perspectives that I've been able to get that I never would have gotten before. Yeah. It's helped me grow and, and expand my thinking. It's, it's just been really amazing in that respect. But Excellent. As far as the last three years, yeah, it, it didn't really change much. We just kept plugging away. When you, you know, you started out rolling, when did you know you could take this as a full-time career? Was there a certain moment or was just a gradual increase in your viewership and, and, you know, and your community just kept growing? So in 2011, when I blew up my, well, actually I blew up my knee in 2009, I didn't have insurance, so I had to wait to get it fixed. Oh, shoot. But I, during that time I had a job, I ended up losing that job. Uh, the only job I've ever lost in my life. And I became a stay at home dad with our first kid in 2012. And I got to tell you, someone who was raised by his mom, who was taught that men work and men provide, that was a tough time for me being a stay at home dad. Yeah. Um, but man, I wouldn't, ch- I tell this to my viewership all the time. The things that we go through, you never know what the next step is. You could think it's the worst thing in the world and it turns into the biggest blessing you could possibly yeah. imagine. And staying home with my daughter was life-changing in the most amazing ways. And going through all of that and then starting the stream because I just needed something to do while she was taking a nap. Yeah. It it got to, yeah, about 2015, 2016, I was talking to KD Wolf, which is another big Daisy guy, uh, Dado, you know, and uh, a lot of my kind of my close-knit, you know, community. And they just told me, just go for it. So I wasn't the kind of guy who had to quit my job to go full-time streaming. I was a stay-at-home dad, and I just worked my schedule around my daughter napping at first and then eventually went full-time when she went to daycare oh, because wow. I, I started making more than what her daycare cost. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's it. We'll go full-time. And that was 2016. I was partnered in July 2014. So, yeah, it'll be nine years next month or uh, oh, in July. Cow. And now Twitch partner back then, it's I'm sure it's different than what it is today. I think it was, you know, we're talking to Deadly and whatnot. It was, the requirements were kind of like steep back then too. I want to say in 2014, the requirements might have been, boy, I don't want to misspeak. It was a lot. You yeah. had to have, a, I think, 10,000 followers. And the, the average viewership was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I ended up not doing the partnership process. I ended up finding a, a Twitch contact. His name was Hassan, and I emailed him, and I say, hey, listen, I don't meet these minimum requirements, but, man, I've got a community behind me. I have I have people who are adults who have their own money, and they can, they'll subscribe, and most of my viewers are subscribers, and I, I really think if you just give me a chance, it'll work out. And he said, okay, and he gave me my partnership. No way. Yeah, so I actually didn't really go through the whole thing, and obviously, wow. different time. You couldn't get away with doing that now. But No, that is and, so cool. Yeah, and then they gave me my partnership, and I want to say three months later, I basically quit streaming and went back to school to finish up my associates because I had thought about going into the police academy. Yeah. And uh, after all that was done and some crazy things going on in the world, I mm-hmm. didn't think that was a good idea anymore. Yep. <laughs> so I went back to streaming, and my community was right there, and we just took off running from there. Oh, that's so cool. That's excellent. And that's, you know, have you – over the years, have you stuck with now the same schedule now? You know, it's sort of that, that morning stream, morning afternoon stream? Yeah. So when I first started, it was seven to midnight. Yeah. Because that was the only time I could find. But when I went full time, I've basically been between nine and five the entire time. You know, end of the day, you're able to hang with the family. Yeah. I've, I've been real strict on that. I, yeah. I, I, I can look at it and I can look at the analytics and say, nah, this would be a better time slot. But, you know, dollars and cents are dollars and cents. All this stuff's going to burn one day. You yeah. can't take it with you. So 
That's so I just true. like to make enough to pay the bills and then kind of stick to family time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So now over the years, you've seen a lot of people come and go from a, you know, from a content creation standpoint, you know, and do you ever, you know, hear from the people that sort of slipped away or that sort of they've just moved on? I still keep in contact with Dato yeah. uh, and KD. I have both of their numbers. We text back and forth. Uh, not as close as we used to be, obviously. Yeah, we all got our own lives, and we live across the country. But uh, I stay, I stay in contact with them. But I've always kind of been before those guys and after those guys. I'm just kind of a lone wolf. I'm just yeah. kind of out here doing my thing. So I don't, nice. uh, I don't keep. But in fairness, I don't talk to anybody from high school or college or any time earlier in my life. It's basically just me and my family and my church and and a, a few people online. I kind of like it that way. Nothing wrong with that, man. You know who you're dealing with. That's it. Absolutely. Yep. And they're good people too. And and that's even better, you know. Knowing yeah, having being surrounded with family and, and you know, good people, what more can you ask for? It's not about how many people you got around you, it's about how many of them are good. Yep, absolutely. Like I had a, a friend of mine, Sigma, she streams and she has a, uh, her, I think it was her dad gave her a statement, you know, four quarters still makes one dollar, whether it's, you know, a hundred pennies or four quarters, you know, I have, I'd rather have four good friends than a hundred, you know, smaller friends. A lot easier to lose a hundred pennies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So now from a DayZ standpoint, what was the hook that game had on you that, you know, just sucked you in for so many years? At first, it was just trying something new. Yeah. And, man, my first time at Belota Airfield, running behind some barracks and hearing footsteps and shooting and getting that kill, and my heart was flying. Yeah. And growing up playing competitive sports and playing college basketball, one of my favorite things about it was just the adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Just the crowds cheering and screaming and, you know, me going up on a breakaway and throwing one down and just having the crowd going nuts. I loved that. It was just such a, a high, you know? Yeah. So when I, it's silly, but when I got that in a video game, I just, I, since I couldn't really play competitive anymore, I mean, I could still throw down, but yeah. you know, not being in college or doing that stuff anymore, it, Call of Duty gave me that competitive edge. But then, man, when you have kind of that slow buildup, like you do in DayZ, mm -hmm. man, that adrenaline rush was awesome. I don't get that anymore. Yeah. I enjoy DayZ for other reasons, but that's really what drew me to it. Yeah. Any, any games out there that gives you that rush anymore? Honestly, we really focus on simulation games. Yeah. Like we play Daisy, but we play a lot of simulation games. And my goal every day is to not only make an income for my family, but mm -hmm. it's just to make people laugh. And when yeah. I can play a simulation game with a bunch of NPCs and give them life, do, <laughs> do their voices for them, you yeah. know, have interactions with, have interaction. I have more interactions with AI in a game than I do with, you know, people in real life. <laughs> Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But being able to kind of bring that game to life and just be an absolute goofball is probably my favorite thing to play right now. <laughs> uh, any games you're looking forward to that are, you know, that are coming out? Honestly, the only one I was looking forward to is Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Breath of the Wild. And my family and I are playing that by ourselves in the evenings. I, I really wanted to stream it, but I was like, guys, I'm going to play that with the family. Yeah. So we're we're a handful of hours into it now, and obviously no spoilers, but I'm I'm really enjoying it so oh, far. Excellent. Such a it brings back the ocarina of time memories, yeah. you know. Ah, nice. And now um also just a side note, I would love Tarkov to get in gear. That would be nice. I'm actually a Tarkov player too. Oh no way. Okay. And, uh, man, the gun porn, you know, I'm a mm -hmm. gun guy. Yeah. The gun porn is my, probably my favorite thing about the game. Yeah. Uh, but man, they 
I'm just hanging back. I'm I'm not like a lot of the Tarkov community who's yeah. just really upset right now, which I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm just hanging back and waiting. I don't really play it that much because I just kind of get tired of getting reset all the time. Yeah. And man, I I hope they can get it figured out because what a game. Oh, I know. That game has ruined so many games for me just because, mm-hmm. like you said, the gun porn, the the heart rate. You you talked about your memories of Daisy. I have so many memories of that are you know just so vivid playing that game. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's a special game. But yeah, this last patch they've they've really messed things up from an audio standpoint. And but if they could pull it together, man, there's there's not many games can top that. I think they just need to keep their heads down and just keep working. In yep. my opinion, I don't think they need to get too caught up in the social media stuff. No, nope. no, nope, absolutely. And that's that's another game that'll give you that rush. Oh, you know, absolutely. especially with the tactic tactics and the sound. I'm a big sound guy. Yeah. And man, when you when you can get a couple of PMC kills and get out of a raid with some good stuff, it's mm-hmm. a good feeling every time, you know. Oh. And that's one of those games, especially now with VoIP. Yes. It really has changed the dynamic and it's added a whole nother layer. And yeah. man, I really hope they can hone that in because I've only said I wish Daisy, Tarkov, and Scum would have a baby. Yeah. Because it would just an open world Tarkov with hunting would just be incredible. Yes. Yep. And I hope that they can figure it out because I would love to keep Tarkov in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, because like when I jumped over to Daisy last summer, I was like, man, this if Tark like yeah, just you said, you know, Tarkov scum and Daisy, that's like there's the gum the gun mechanics of you know, Tarkov in with Daisy and just oh man, that would well, be don't get me started on Daisy reloading guns with their finger on the trigger, man. Keep that <laughs> booger hook off the bang switch. <laughs> but Tarkov, man, their their attention to detail is pretty amazing. Quite yeah. I don't think I've seen a game like that. Yep. And how you can just mod out your guns and yeah, even like, you know, having the different bullets have the effect. Yeah, it's just yeah. That that talk about a steep learning curve on that game. That one is oh, yeah. Man, I always tell it. people, like, Daisy, you need 50 hours before you can really even just get the hang of yep. what's going on. You might even need more than that in Tarkov. Yeah. But once it clicks, it clicks, and it's not as confusing as you think it is, but yep. it takes a while to get to that point. And I think, I don't know if it was, I can't remember, maybe it was Echo or one of the Daisy people came on. We were talking about Tarkov. You know, Tarkov, you have gear fear. In Daisy, there was stuff fear. Like, you know, oh, I lost my matches or, you know, that stuff that you you don't want to lose when you die. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting that. Yeah, I mean, gear fear has been around a long time, but it's gear fear is real for Daisy players. So you got yep. them hoarders that just like to grab everything. And man, when they die, it's like the end of the world because they invested so long into it. But yeah, Tarkov. Man, you can't have gear fear. Just nope. roll in, and and if it, if it goes yeah. wrong, it goes wrong. Just learn from it and keep going. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, neat thing about Daisy, I found was like when uh, talking to Ariana. You know, we talked about her longest character she had alive, and it was like six months. Like, that's just wild. Thinking about you have this one character that you started with nothing, and now, and then you know, when she said when that character died, she was like, oh my god, it's like a piece of her is like you know gone. It's like that's just a wild, wild concept. Yo, if I'm at six hours, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I mean, I pushed the envelope, I think, a little more than Ariana. But, yeah, if I can keep one alive for a whole day, it was a pretty good day. <laughs> I like to give people, I, I like to say I want to give them a chance to be interesting. Yeah. So even though I know I'm going into a situation where they're probably going to be aggressive, I just want to give them a chance to be interesting. A lot yeah. of times they're not. They just shoot me right in the face. But <laughs> sometimes they're interesting and it works out. But it definitely leads to shorter yeah. character lives. Oh, shoot. 
So now, you know, when you, you sign off for the day, you're hanging with the family. What are some things you guys like to do? So, you know, Nintendo is right now. Yeah, uh, we game kind of right before bed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being out where we are, you know, we've got firewood prep and we've got outdoor prep. I've I've got land to manage and we've got, you know, a decent amount of property out here. And I've got driveways to drag. We're hoping to be clearing space for, you know, a new house. And, yeah. And uh, we have... Uh, just a lot of maintenance stuff we have to do out here, but we spend a lot of time outside. In the winter, we spend a lot of time inside when you got four or five feet of snow on the ground. But oh yeah, if we're if we're not snowmobiling, you know, we're we're pretty much inside. And uh, I saw you 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 do you do maple syrup. Yeah, we we only tapped uh, I think twenty three trees this year. Yeah, our pastor actually gave us one hundred and twenty gallons of sap oh, because wow. he did not plan ahead and didn't know how he was going to cook it because his <laughs> cooker broke. So we bought that new cooker, and it was cooking about 10, 15 gallons an hour. And I think we ended up with, in, not including what we gave back to him for for his sap. Yeah. I think we yielded seven or eight gallons this year. Oh, wow. And it's good stuff, man. It is. Yeah. So our property is probably 80% maple. We could yep. probably do 1,000 taps if we oh, really wow. wanted to. I don't think we'll ever get to something like that, but my goal is 100 taps. Yeah. Yeah, my dad up in in Ottawa, he does it. Oh, it's not this year. He's late seventies, so it's you know slowing down. But I'm just amazed on how much sap you have, and then doing like one or two boils, you end up with so it's just yeah, so little. Forty to one. Yeah, forty it's to crazy. one is forty gallons of sap to one gallon of maples. Usually pretty close, depending on if it's a hard maple or a yeah. soft maple. But yeah, it's it's sad, but. A lot of people don't know you could just straight up drink that sap if you want to. Yeah. It actually has a lot of nutrients in it. I assume the first person who scraped a tree or tapped a tree and drank out of it didn't even think about cooking it down. They just drank it. Right. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. No, I remember like, so he'll, he'll, when he goes to do the boil, it's all straight up wood. He just, you know, starts at like 430 in the morning and that's the first boil. And it's just like, he has like 300 liter tank and it's a long day, but yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, a people liter? stop by. <laughs> it's <okay. laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, we do all wood too. We yep. got a wood cooker and we split wood and we usually go through about a base cord of wood a day and it's an all day thing. Absolutely. I mean eight hours, eight to ten hours we'll yep. be out there cooking maple for you know three, four days out yep. of the season. Ah, oh, very cool. So when so when you're going to the store and you look at maple and it's twenty dollars for a you know a pint or something, that's because a lot of time went into that maple. Absolutely. Yep. And now how about summer? What, uh, you know, when is it not winter? What are you guys doing? Any hunting, camping, fishing? Yeah, so I'm surrounded by federal land. Oh, wow. Uh, basically three sides of my property is federal land. So we, and the other side is the road. So we we, we have uh, access to federal through our trail system. Nice. And so we just get in the buggy, the side-by-side, -side, and we just go and we go fishing. We are surrounded by little tiny lakes everywhere. I mean, it's some of the most beautiful nature. Yeah flat but but it's some of the most beautiful nature that you can see the up has some of the most intricate trail systems in the entire country i'm pretty sure and so you really don't ever ride the same trail twice if you don't want to so we just go out and ride we pack some snacks and some fishing poles and we just go oh very nice now do you ever, ever get out any uh ice skating on those small lakes so I have size 18 feet, so I, I ain't doing no ice skating, although I was big into hockey when I was a kid. The Red Wings of the late 90s, man, yep. that was that was where it was at. You guys had you know, a Konstantinov and Fedorov and all those guys. Man, yep. I was real young for that, but, I, man, I, I ate that up. Oh, Once man. my feet got too big for the skates, I got away from it. But 
there are some there are some places that you can go ice skating on that that they keep the, the snow cleared up yeah. and everything and the, the kids enjoy it excellent oh man all right well dude thank you for doing this pod really appreciate hearing your story but uh before you go i got you know like ariana shouted you out who in your space that you think would have a good story to come on man i, I there's a lot of names that i think people would really enjoy their stories um i'm trying there's some i would say but i know they're really busy no worries. i would say i would i'd like to call out kd wolf i think all right all right, Katie Wolf. You if have he tells you out. no, you tell him to text me and I'll I'll get it I'll get it sorted. All right, there we go. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and it was awesome meeting you. Hey man, I, I really appreciate you having me on.